come on in and find a seat. That's good. Whatever you think sounds best out there, I don't know. It feels weird to be mic'd in a room this size, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> hearing is good. Hearing is good. Come on in and find a seat. Grab a snack. Find a seat. Don't be shy. Coffee is decaf, so you can drink it this time of night. Come on in and find a chair. We'll get started in like 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 10, 9. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I was going to pull one up and I forgot earlier. All right. Thank you guys all for coming. Uh, we had three more families that were signed up, but were hit by illness today. So I'm glad you are all healthy and here. Um, just a couple of housekeeping things. There is snacks and water, and we have little people with us. So if we get a little noisy, that's fine. We have coloring stuff. We have some books and puzzles for really little ones if they need a little something to do with their hands. And we're going to be active. We're going to listen for about... 20 or 30 minutes, and then you're going to be with your family working on some stuff for some time. So we're going to go ahead and get started with creating your family mission statement. And we were having a discussion around our dining room table today about what a mission statement is, and I didn't say anything. I said, well, I guess we're all going to go tonight, so you guys will figure it out. But they, some of my kids thought maybe it was just about rules. It's going to be a list of rules. And that's not what it is. So we're going to develop a mission statement, but we're going to start with some prayers. So let's just pray for a minute. Dear Lord, thank you for each person here. Um, we know that you brought who you want to have here tonight, and we just pray for those that are ill or working or can't be here. Um, and we just pray that um, your mission would become our mission. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start off. I need a volunteer, hopefully a under-18 volunteer to come up. Okay, Megan, come here. I have a mission for you. Can you do it? I have a treat for you if you can do it. Okay, here's the trick, though. You can't open the envelope. Okay, complete the mission. Can't open your envelope. Let's see if she does it. She didn't complete the mission. She just sat back down. She didn't even do the mission. Megan, why didn't you do the mission? You said not to open it. So do you know what the mission is? 
You can't open it. You don't know what the mission is in there. Okay, now you can open it and complete the mission. Oh, what was the mission? Hug your mom or dad. Why couldn't you do it at first? Why'd you just sit down? Because you couldn't read the mission. Come get some candy. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> All my volunteers today are under 18, so sorry, parents. All right, you can't do the mission if you don't know what the mission is, right? So that's what we're going to learn about. What is our mission as our family? And some of that's going to be the same for each family in this room, and some of that's going to be really different for each family in this room. In order to know the mission, first, or in order to complete the mission, we need to know it, and then we need a plan. So if you were going to build a house, whether it's a Lego house, whether it's an actual house, what would happen if you went into it without a plan? Would you be able to do it? Even if you knew what the mission was, the mission was building a house. I need another volunteer. Okay, Josiah, I saw your hand first. Okay, you build a house out of the Legos. Where should I build it? But don't open this, just shake it. Come on, get a house. Is it a house? Yes. Does it look like a house? Relatively? You think that looks like a house? I don't think it looks like a house. We could maybe call it a house, right? If we wanted to call this a house, we could. But is it going to function like a house? It's probably not going to protect you. It's not actually a house. So God's word has something to say about that. In Proverbs 29, he says, Without vision, my people perish. And so if we don't have a vision of what we want our house to look like, if we don't have a plan, if we don't know what the mission is, we can't do it. And a lot of the times that's how families are functioning. We just get up every day, we go through the day, we go to bed that night. We've done a whole bunch of stuff, right? We're really busy doing a whole bunch of stuff, but without that plan of what we're going to do, um, it's, it doesn't work. So I need one more volunteer to look up Psalm 127. This one, I suppose, if you want to be over 18, you can be over 18. Sword drill. Okay, whoever gets there first, Psalm 127. 127. Okay, and you want to read the whole thing? Okay, so that whole verse is about family, right? The blessing that kids are, the blessing that family is. And some of us have old kids that have left the house. Some of us have new kids. Some of us don't have kids yet and are just starting out. But family being a blessing. But the first verse says that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. 
Now, how many of us feel like we're laboring really, really hard every day? <laughs> and laboring really hard isn't such a toil, isn't such a bad thing if you know what you're laboring for. But if you're spinning your wheels like a hamster, like a lot of us are, and you're not moving towards something, it gets really tiring and really stressful really, really quickly. And so looking at families, if you're here, you're a Christ follower, you want to build your house with the Lord's plans. You don't want to be laboring in vain. And so I was just looking because it seems like as our world keeps moving, that it's getting uglier, right? It's getting harder. It's getting harder to follow Christ. It's getting harder to see the truth. It's getting harder to walk that straight and narrow path. And one of those reasons is the breakdown of the family. So I was looking at some statistics, and um, I'm going to read it so I quote it correctly. This was actually published in The Atlantic, which is not a Christian publication at all. They were talking about the um, people unaffiliated with religion over time. So they had a statistic that in 1996, 12% of people said that they're not affiliated with any religion. So that's still pretty, 1996, so what does that mean? 88 people were affiliated with a religion. But by 2018, now that's 23% of people say that they're not affiliated with any religion at all. So in just 20 years, actually I guess it's 22 years, just over 20 years, we've doubled the amount of people that say nothing for me. They're called the, the unaffiliated, unaffiliated. So not only are there like kind of those marginal Christians, oh yeah, I am a Christian, maybe I go to church on Christian, or Christmas and Easter, but not really living the life. That's not even those Christians. That's people that are just completely unaffiliated with any sort of church or religion at all. It has doubled just in the last 22 years. And with young people, that number in um, 2018, 70 to 79-year-olds, so that's not the young people, right? It's older than all of us in here. 70 to 79, only 12% of those, that population said they're not affiliated with any religion. But of 18 to 29-year-olds, that number jumped up to 38%. So almost 40% of young people do not associate themselves with any sort of religion at all. What I found really interesting about that was, uh, this is the Atlantic's piece. It's not a Christian piece. And here's what they said about that. Most important has been the dramatic changes in the American family. Divorce rates spiked in the 70s to 90s, and there were fewer marriages. And just as stable families make stable congregations, family instability can destabilize the church. Divorced individuals and single parents and children of both are more likely to detach from their congregations. So this is a secular publication just looking at religious trends, and they, they see how goes the family, there goes the church. And so if we're going to live on mission for Christ, we can't take our family life and do it by accident and just kind of hope it turns out. We can't raise our little ones and just kind of hope. Well, we kind of take them to church and we do some Jesus stuff with them so they're going to follow Jesus. We have to, the mission is to make disciples, right? The mission is to replicate our faith. The mission is to make more disciples. But if we don't have a plan for that, if we don't look and through, filter all the things that we're going to do through that lens, we end up victims of the tyranny to the urgent. So when we look at those statistics, we look at why. Why is this happening? And I think there's 
we could probably talk a really long time about why, but I think at the base of it is, as Jesus warns us not to build our house on the sand, all too often we do that. It will absolutely fall down. It will not stand the test of time. The first thing is we lack intentionality in our, in our personal lives and then in our family lives. Even some of us are really goal-oriented for ourselves, but we don't have goals for our larger family. This is the family we want to be. This is where we're going as a family. And without that, you're building on shifting sand. Building on the same foundation as the world. So Jesus said, you know, we know the, the, the sand and the rock, right? If you obey my commands, if you hear them and obey them, it's like you're building on the rock. If you hear them and choose not to follow them, it's like you're building on the sand. So the issue isn't hearing it, right? All of you attend harvest frequently. So the issue isn't hearing it. The issue is, are we obeying? Are we building on that rock? And a lot of the times we don't. We just um, become victims of the urgent and keep going on. And the, other, the third point that I think is the bigger contributor is we can't pass on what we don't have ourselves. So, Chris, can you give Emma a Reese's peanut butter cup, please? Just give her one. <laughs> that's an Oreo. That's not a Reese's peanut butter cup. She can't give her a Reese's peanut butter cup unless she has one. So, Chris, can you give Emma a peanut butter cup? Oh. So, I didn't, I didn't make you all go deaf. So, first of all, we have to make sure what we, we have, what we want our kids to have. And it, that seems kind of like a duh, right? But a lot of the times, and I even fall into that trap sometimes, we want more for our kids spiritually than what we have for ourselves. And so if we're not cultivating our own relationship with Christ, if we're not praying, if we're not connecting with other Christians and making that a priority, we certainly won't see that in our kids moving forward. So we have to cultivate what we, we, what we want to see in them. So what in the world can we do? First of all, we can examine ourselves. We can make sure, is my faith something that I want to pass on to my kids? Is it something worth passing on? Or is it just a, well, when it's convenient, when I can. <laughs> we'll have time to chat afterwards. So um, we have to examine ourselves. And so... I work with kids mostly here at Harvest and families and things like that, but we have a lot of other things going on. Are we taking advantage of those things? Are we putting ourselves in situations where iron can sharpen iron, where we're studying the word on our own? That's going to be the first step. And the second step is knowing what God's plan is for our family. We can't obey what God wants for families if we don't know what family is supposed to be according to the Bible. And there's lots of different versions of family these days. There's lots of different versions of what it should be. And we like to think, well, it's all equal, but it's not. And we'll get into that in just a second, kind of a, a nutshell version of God's plan. And then we have to be intentional. And that's what tonight is about. About, if you think of like a colander when you're making spaghetti, if you just take your pot of spaghetti and pour it all in the sink, it's all going to go down the drain. It would be a huge waste. If you try to get your spaghetti without straining out the water, 
you're going to have a big soupy mess on your plate, right? You have to strain out what you want to keep, uh, to keep spaghetti, right? And so we can kind of think of building a mission statement as that colander. Instead of filling up our lives with a whole bunch of things that are going to make it a big soupy mess, or instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and putting it all in the sink and then we don't have anything good left, we need a colander. We need something to, to strain out what is our mission, one, as Christians, but then two, as our unique identity as our family. So really quick, we could probably do weeks-long seminar on what God's plan is for the family. There's been books and books. I bet we could probably find shelves back here with tons of books written about it. But... Just the points that I want us to think about as we're creating our mission statement tonight is what is God's design for families? Now, you have this in your folder, um, and we're not going to look up all these verses together. But God's design for families is one, for safety and provision. He talks about families being a safe place for us to be. He talks about families providing for each other. In fact, he says if you don't provide for your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Providing for your family, providing that safety, providing that place to be is part of walking the Christian walk. God designed our families to live in peace. He didn't design our families to live in conflict, to live in stress, to live in chaos. That's not, chaos is not from God. And so he designed us to live in peace. We talk all the time about children obeying your parents, right? So we don't need to hit that one again. But the other part of living in peace that often we forget is parents don't exasperate your kids. And I think we overlook that one and we say, well, they're not obeying us, and so we don't do our part as parents to not, exas- and not exasperate, exacerbate our kids. And then the verse is about submitting to each other, being gentle to each other. God created us for peace. God created us for tenderness in our families. And so you can look up, one of my favorite verses there is 1 Thessalonians 2.7. It talks about... Um, being gentle, I was gentle among you like a nursing mother with her child, implying that gentleness is supposed to be part of our parenting, part of our families. The two last ones, passing on the faith, God created families. Deuteronomy 6.9 is a foundational verse here at Harvest in our children's ministry. It's the verse that talks about um, Passing on to your kids what you have. Talk about it while you're walking, while you're sitting down, while you're eating. Everything you do as a family should be permeated with the gospel, permeated with that message. And so we're supposed to be passing on not only to our children, but to our children's children. It is supposed to be passed on generation to generation. And in 2 Timothy, um, it talks about Timothy and his mom and his grandma, Eunice and Lois, and how that that faith was passed on to Timothy. So that's a huge part of what families are supposed to be. I don't understand when I hear parents say, well, you know, we have a fa- I have a faith, but I'm just going to let my kid choose um, what they're going to do. And ultimately, it is our children's choice. But our job is, is to let them know the truth. And then the last one, we could spend a long time on this one, but the reality is that family is a, is a reflection of a spiritual reality. And that's talked about over and over in the Bible about how marriage reflects Christ's relationship with the church. We have Jesus as our older brother, God the Father. And so this illustration of a spiritual family should be reflected in our physical families. And so God has a plan for that, and there's verses more um, to look up for that. But 
I think this is the part that if we miss this, we can be doing all the right things. We can be involved in all the cool activities. We can, our kids can be academically excelling. We can have amazing careers. But if we miss that we are reflecting a spiritual reality in our homes, we've missed the boat. And we can't accomplish what God has for us. So when we talk about making a mission statement, a mission statement What we need to answer every day, and like I said, the illustration with the colander, with the strainer, is why and how. Why are we doing each thing that we do? Why are we doing it? And how are we going to move about the world? Now, the why should be the same for all of us as Christians. And that's laid out pretty clear in the Bible, the golden rule and the great commission, right? So the golden rule, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the great commission, go and make disciples and teach them to obey. So we have those two things. Those are Jesus' words. That's our mission as Christians. Whether we're single, whether we have kids, whether we're old, whether we're young, whether we're five, whether we're 50, whatever the case may be, that's our mission. Love the Lord, love others, and make disciples. So that's the same, the why. But the how is what we're going to spend the second half of this evening looking at because that's going to be really different for each family. How are we going to do that? Some families are really adventurous and they want to go backpacking in the wilderness. Half of our family is, half of our family is not. Um, Some families are really good at that kind of stuff. Some families are not. Some families are homebody families. Some families are really hospitable families, love having people over. Some families maybe live in a tiny apartment, and that's just not something that they can do or want to do right now, right? And some families have just little little people, and some families are empty nesters, getting ready to be empty nesters, grandparents. And your calling is going to look really different in different seasons. Some people have 12 kids, some people have one child or no children. So the how part is going to look really different, and that's where we're going to spend some time with your family tonight, looking through how are we going to look given the why. The why of love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, and go and make disciples. That's the why, but how are we going to do that? Because when we filter through the why for our family It's kind of like if you were at the celebration service on Sunday, Jim was saying when he was growing up, and we probably all heard it, right? He was saying, he would say, well, why can't we, the neighbors, do that? And his mom's like, well, we're the Weebolds. That's not what we do. And if you're a parent, you've probably said that, yep, that's fine for their family. This is not what our family does. This is our family's standard. This is our family's values. And so building that identity about this is who we are, and that's okay for other families to be different. We're not all called to go you know, to Africa, but maybe some families are, and that's a unique calling for each family. And we had developed a mission statement a long time ago, but it's, your mission statement is going to shift and evolve. So your mission and what you're standing for, some of the heart of that is not going to change, but some of the practical parts of that are definitely going to change from when you have little people to when you have big people. So your unique part in your life is what we're going to kind of Go through a little bit tonight and try to figure that out. So if you do not have a folder with some handouts in it, there is some in the back by the water. If you do, open it up to the yellow page. It's on the back of the first page. I think it says core values. Some of them are pretty small. I was trying to save paper. Um, So here's some. Now, when we talk about core values, these should answer the question. If somebody that doesn't really know us well, 
comes to spend time with us and they walk away, they're going to say, that family is blah, 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 blah. Those words that you want them to walk away with. I often wonder sometimes, you know, when somebody's name comes up in conversation, like, oh, that person's really cool. Yeah, that's really, like, what comes up, if our name comes up in conversation, what is said after, oh, yeah, the Pfeiffer family? It's a scary question to ask. But the core values, that's what you hope people would say after that. After they spend time with you, what are you reflecting? And often what we want to reflect isn't necessarily what we do reflect. But now it's time to sit down. We'll have about five to ten minutes, because this one should go really quick. Discuss this list with your family and decide what Maybe pick five of those core values that you want to reflect. So you can see these, and there's a more exhaustive list in your thing. What happened there? Okay, were you guys able to pick five? Was that hard, or was that easy, or are you still working? About five, five to seven. You picked ten? Oh. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. I mean, you could circle the whole list if you want it. It's just going to make the next step harder, but that's fine. That's up to you. <laughs> okay, so that core values is going to be kind of what drives what you do. And we're going to go into some more things, as you can tell in the handout. But I want you, guys, you to think of those core values and begin to think of those as that colander. So let's... We're just going to pick on this because we're in hockey and are in Minnesota, and we just like to pick on hockey because it consumes so many of us. But as we think about those core values, like let's say we picked core values of, uh, I'm going to go back, um, truth and joy and kindness and purpose. And then we were going to try to decide through our filter, like, um, is this activity, and like I said, we're in Minnesota, so I'm going to pick on hockey, right? Is this activity something that fits with our core values? Is this job, maybe I have to choose between you know, employment opportunities. Is this an employment opportunity that we can be true to our core values with this? Because I'll tell you, a lot of stress comes when you operate outside of your core values. And I didn't really plan to share this, but I'll just share... Um, up until September, I was working in a job at a different place, and it was a wonderful job. I really liked it, but it didn't jive with my core value of being able to be home and homeschool my kids and be able to be home more than I'm out. And it was really stressful, even though it was a job that was perfectly suited for my personality. It didn't fit with the core values of what we were trying to do on our home, and it felt really, really, really stressful. And I was actually even having some health things and high blood pressure and all that stuff. And when I finally came here and now I'm working a job that allows our whole family to live closer to those core values, um, so many things shifted. And so I think that that's really important to identify those because a family that maybe just picks that top row, truth, acceptance, courage, and optimism, their family is going to feel really different maybe than somebody that picks that bottom row, honesty, calm, empathy, dignity, hope. If you pick calm as one of your um, core values, it's going to look really um, maybe different than one that has, um, oh, maybe it was on the longer list, um, spontaneity. It must have been on the longer, you know. They don't have to be opposed to each other, but they kind of seem that way. See, so thinking about those. So then the next step in this process is going to be looking at what God's word says. So I picked some verses that 
kind of meant something to me or thought maybe would be good guiding principles for a family. In your packet, there's a longer list of verses. Um, You might have Bible verses that you already know are important to you as a family. So you can list those too. So, um, John, I'm going to borrow your sheet for a second. I probably should have pointed this out initially. You have a little worksheet. So your core values, you can list, you know, your five to seven there. And then as you choose, you know, a couple Bible verses that really speak to your family that align with those core values that you pick. So that one's going to take a little longer. I think we'll take maybe 10 minutes to do that part, looking through. And again, you won't finish this process tonight, probably. You'll just get started. But we're going to walk through the whole process so you can walk through it together um, at home with your family. I did highlight Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. Um, These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That's really the heart. If you're parenting, that's really the heart of your job as a parent. So that's why that one is highlighted. So I'll give you about 10 minutes to go through. There's Bibles at each table. There's some suggested verses. Maybe you have some. Write down two or three verses that you kind of are foundational for your family. Dink, 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 dink. <laughs> All right. So you probably, maybe you finished, maybe you haven't finished yet. But um, I'm going to explain the, the last bit, and then we'll work with our families until about 20 till a quarter till, and then we'll gather back up to finish um, all together. But I want to point out in your packet, I did forget to point out that there is some scratch paper in the back too, some white scratch paper if you want that. Um, So the next step is going to be kind of synthesizing and putting this all together. Now this can look lots of different ways. So that's why I included some of the samples. In your packet, there's some samples. And so you could do it a lot of different ways. This one is kind of like in paragraph form. And you can see the values in there. So we are the Kaufmans. We love God, ourselves, and each other. We always choose joy, forgiveness, and have a thankful heart. So you see those values coming out. We know we were created for a unique purpose. We work hard, and we know that love is an action. Above all, we pursue Jesus Christ and see him in the details of our lives. So you can hear what their verses would be, right? You can hear the Great Commission in there. You can hear we were created for a purpose, um, all of those things. But it's just a really succinct couple sentences. Then you have one that's really super detailed. This, you wouldn't finish something like this tonight, but I think it's kind of cool. They have kind of like a vision statement at the top, and then they took one letter of each of their last names and kind of did a line poem. And you can't really read all the scriptures because it got too small, but I liked how they did their last name and then did an attribute for each letter of their last name. So that might be something to consider. The other side is just kind of a list, and this one I thought was a little different format too. Um, The mission of the Dowler family to create an inviting place of, and then they listed kind of how they want their home to be, going along with those questions, to provide opportunities for each of us, so what, where they hope to go, and then to this end, how are they going to accomplish that? So here's what they're kind of committing to as a family, how they're going to meet that goal. So there's lots of different ways that you can put this together, and that's why we're not going to, I'm not going to stand up here and say, here's step one, step two, step three for actually crafting your mission statement. It can look lots of different ways, and that's going to have your family flavor too. Maybe I saw one online that was just like three, two-word, I can't remember what they were, but it was just like um, love each other, love the world. Now, to me, that's not a very, that would be like a colander with really big holes. It's going to let a lot of stuff come through. It's not very detailed. But if you put it too detailed, 
then it's gonna then it's a like too fine of a colander where all of a sudden it comes burdensome and you're not really referencing it anymore because it's just a big burden to go through. So looking at these examples, find one that kind of resonates with you, or maybe you are a really creative family and you have a different way you'd want to do it. I've seen some online that were like more artsy people. They had like a visual thing, like a picture, and then they threw some labels in there for what they want their family to be. So this is the part you've got about 15-ish minutes as a family. Kind of finish up pull it together, and think about what it might look like. You probably, in fact, you shouldn't maybe finish tonight, but maybe come up with the rough draft. And then in 15 minutes, we'll talk about what the next step is. It's back, Bell. That's such an exciting call. It is. It's yeah. Oh, no, she's breaking stuff. Kind of obnoxious. Okay, so I want to make sure everybody's able to get out at 8 o'clock because if we have little people and if we have school tomorrow, I don't want to keep you past 8 o'clock. So um, we're going to talk just a little bit. Like I said, you can't in an hour and a half, writing a mission statement really is kind of an ongoing process and a time that you should spend some time with your family in prayer, um, with your spouse in prayer, and, and before you kind of finalize things. But we wanted to take this opportunity, one, to look at the why like, why are we, is our family kind of bumping through life, not really sure where we're going or why we're going? We, we know we want to raise kids that love Jesus, but we're not quite sure how we're going to get there. But then also the how, like, how do you even begin to focus that in? What does that look like at the end? So tonight's kind of a beginning of that process, and you have a template, you have something to move forward. I know our family's going to have to, we kind of have our outline, and we know where we're going to go. Um, but we have to flesh that out a little bit. And so when that is finished, um, you all, just for coming tonight, before you go, you can pick a frame and pick some paper that would look nice in your frame, and you can print out your mission statement once you have it finalized and display it. Because if we write it and then stick it in a drawer and don't do anything with it, um, it's not really going to help us do what we want to do. So true confession time. Oh, I didn't pull this up. Okay, true confession time. We wrote a mission statement a number of years ago. How many years ago, Josh? Probably like seven or eight, maybe longer even. Um, it, was, it was a while ago. And for a while we had it out like on the fridge, and we'd you know, refer to it as we were talking with our kids and things, and then it got put away in the file cabinet, and then it got moved, and then we can't remember what's on it. So a mission statement only actually works as that filter, and as your guiding principle, and as even as we discipline our kids and, and, and disciple our kids to look back, this is what we stand for. This is who we are. This is the why, and this is the how of what we're doing. And using that to help you make decisions, it only works if, like, you know what it is, right? So if you write a whole big, long, three-page thing, you're probably not going to use it. If it's too short and too broad, you're probably not really going to use it. So thinking about that, how you're going to use it best, but then displaying it. That's why we've provided every family that came. Take a frame, take some paper. If you have a printer that maybe won't print on cardstock or you don't have access to a printer, let me know and you can send me yours and I'll print it off for you and get it framed up for you. Um, but that's our gift to you to take that to display it because ultimately we can pray and we can brainstorm and I hope you families do that and keep the conversation going. We can develop 
And we can write a really awesome mission statement, but if we don't use it to guide what we're doing, then we've just kind of wasted our time. So as we make those decisions, where are we going to live? What jobs are we going to take? What activities are we going to participate in? What ministries are we going to do? Because we could consume ourselves all day long with all kinds of ministry opportunities. But if that's not what God's calling us for, like for years, the staff at Youth for Christ keep asking me to go out to Wyoming to adventure camp. Maybe someday God will lead me there. But I can tell you that backpacking and whitewater rafting like that's just really not it doesn't jive with who I am it doesn't fit with my mission so um so we need to kind of use that for where are we going to go and what are we going to do so before you go you can take all of your stuff with you pick a frame there's a lot of varieties they should fit with any decor but we have some prizes to give away so I have one volunteer we have door prizes to give away so Elijah pick our first name this will be for, we have a 1 Corinthians 13, the love is patient, wall vinyl. Abby and Blake Ness. Come get it, I can't cross the speaker. Thank you, Matthew. Ezra, would you like to pick a slip of paper out of here? Pick our next winner. Just one. This will be for the wall hanging. It says, some call it chaos, we call it family, which I did say God did not ordain chaos, but he did ordain some chaos. So the winner of this is Emma Sutton. Okay, I need one more volunteer to pick a, pick a winner. Okay, come on up. You can't look. I feel like you might not be honest. Now this one... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we say who it is, it's family movie night minus the movie because we watch movies on a ridiculous amount of platforms. I thought, oh, I'll get an Amazon Prime gift. Well, not everybody has Prime. Oh, I'll get a Redbox. Well, not everybody uses Redbox. So it's the movie night minus you add the movie however you want to. Aaron Sutton. You guys had the lucky table tonight. I'm glad I got six candies in there. All right, so um, I'm going to close us in prayer, and then before you go, do not forget to pick your frame. Dear Lord, thank you for this short time to be together and to think about what our mission is as a family, what makes us unique, what makes us different from the other families, and to accomplish your mission of loving you, loving the world, and making disciples. But how are we going to do that as a family? And Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for each person here. I pray that you'll heal those that are sick and um, help us to live on mission for you. In your name we pray, amen.